0: Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. 916-633-1537. Ratchet and Ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. I just want to warn y'all in advance that this episode, there may be sounds you hear in the background. Not those kind of sounds. You nasties. Even though if there were those kind of sounds in the background, it'll be me because I'm talented. Um, and my wife. Nobody else. Just us. Um... It's going to be, you might hear my puppy uh, floating about, snuffling, things of that nature. And I just want to let you know in advance. So then if you hear it, you're not like, oh my God, he's so unprofessional. There was a dog. Yeah, it's, it's cold outside. I'm not going to have my puppy outside when it's cold. What the fuck's wrong with you? Anyhow, <clears throat> it's all about the money. Harmony. I have been calling Jace to check on him every day. Tony told me he was feeling better, but couldn't explain why he hadn't accepted my calls. I was starting to hate him for leaving me to deal with this kidnapping alone. And I also was hating him acting like we weren't together anymore. If that was what he wanted, he should at least be mad enough to tell me, didn't you just fuck Callie? Didn't you just literally fuck his whole crew except for Tony? Like, after I was kidnapped, I forbade anybody to talk about it around me. That went for Constance and Trip too. Ebony's another nosy bitch, and at first I wasn't even going to go to her cookout, but she begged me, so I changed my mind. It Takes Two by Rob and DJ Easy Rock Blaster on the speakers, and she had food for days spread out on the tables. Like, let's talk about one-hit wonders. They're not a one-hit wonder. They're a two-hit thingy like what do you call that when you have two hits like if you have one hit you're a one hit wonder that's great but if you have two hits and you'll never have another one then what do you call yourself a two hit twilight like i don't know i don't know but they did uh it takes two which was a good song it was a really good song and then they followed up with that with joy and pain and then i feel like they just got sued I feel like they just got sued because they were using everybody's music like and lyrics. like They were using the lyrics as their chorus, so they had to pay somebody for that. They were using the music, so they had to pay for the sample. They probably got sued into oblivion. Y'all come in and make yourself so comfortable, she said when we got there. I'm going to be roaming around, but call me if you need me. I tried to spot my next money prospect since Jace was blowing me off. I decided I was done fucking my grandmother and my uncle for a few measly bucks. Nothing but nickel and dime hustlers were there and I was irritated. I needed longer money if I was going to be set up the way I wanted. Why can't Jace just answer his phone? Then I wouldn't have to go through this. Ebony, before you leave, who got some smoke? I asked. I'm trying to get high tonight. Are you okay, Harmony? I know you've been through a lot. Is Jace good? Ebony, I'm not trying to talk to you about that. I'm asking you if you got some smoke. She frowned a little. Girl, you know how it is. Just mingle a little and see who got what. You know how stingy people are about they shit, though. So you don't have nothing? Nah, I'm fresh out. You know how stingy people are about they stuff. So you got something? Nigga, did you just hear me say how stingy people... No, 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 no. I ain't got shit. No. What's that in my back pocket? Um... It's a tampon. It's not a fat-ass joint. Quit looking at my ass. Got no fucking weed for you. She was lying, and I knew it. When she bounced off, I looked at her walk away. That Northwest D.C. bougie-ass bitch was so fucking fake. Everybody kept saying how pretty she was just because she had brown eyes and long hair when I thought she was just average. My shit went down my back so she couldn't fuck with me. She kept acting like she was so much better than everybody else, when for real, her house was no bigger than my grandmother's. At about 7 o'clock, I was drunk as shit and feeling good. Her house was filled with people running in and out of every room, and since she had so much going on, I had already plotted on taking the gold hoop earrings I saw her with the other day at school. I didn't really want them. I just didn't want her to have them. When somebody brought in some vodka, I drank half of it down and started to feel real light and horny. Maybe I'll kick it with Sean later, like he asked me to, since Jace was still ignoring my call. I thought you said it was going to be some smoke here, I asked Constance again. Girl, I hate when you're drunk. You keep asking the same shit over and over again. You heard what Ebony said. Well, ain't shit here but beer now, I said. That's because you drank everything else, Tripp laughed. I'm serious, I said, swaying a little. I think I might have hit my limit after all. I want to get high. Well, I can't help you, Constance said, tugging at the seat of her pants. But you need to sit down, girl. You about to fall. Fuck that, I told her. I need a hit. I'm thinking about trying something harder. Like crack. Nigga, what? What? Oh, there's no weed around? Oh, and there ain't no vodka around? Well, guess what, bitches? I'm down to smoke some crack. Tripp and Constance looked at each other and then at me. What? Tripp said. Girl, you've been getting extra drunk lately, Connie said. Maybe you should push back a little. Damn, Shirley, I laughed. I'm serious, you need to chill out. You know you had too much when you started talking about smoking crack. Girl, please, fuck that. I'm a grown-ass woman, and I will just fucking with y'all anyway. I scratched my hands because the sores on them had gotten worse. When I did, Tripp looked suspiciously at my hand and grabbed it. You know Paco got that same rash on his hands and feet? He allergic to something, he don't know what. He has the same rash, I thought. What the fuck is this shit? I snatched my hand from her. Yeah, I'm allergic to something too. i have to get a check though. My doctor's appointment is tomorrow. Tripp dropped the subject when we noticed Constance tugging at the seat of her pants again. Since I have been suffering with the same problem lately, I figure she must have gotten the same shit I did. Who burned who? I don't know. Bitch, why you keep scratching between your legs, Tripp pointed out. Don't tell me you burning. Constance looked at us worriedly and said, I gotta tell y'all something. What, Tripp said. I think Crayshon did burn me. My heart started beating until I remembered they had no idea I was fucking they men. Truthfully, Tripp should be scratching too. Are you sure? I added. Yeah, I think so. Paco been snooping a lot lately too. But what really fucks me up is that we don't talk a lot anymore.
1: We don't really talk anymore. We don't even know what we're arguing about. You'd know. (laughs) Oh, man. But I don't have to wonder no more. Cause you the one with Paco's dick all in your mouth. I think you're fucking my man. That's why I got the crabs. That's probably why my pussy's so dry. Sometimes I feel like I could just die. That's probably why my pussy's so dry. You made the biggest mistake of your life, fucking with my man.
0: My, my, my puppy's over here crying because she thinks I'm hurt or something because I'm talking in a really high-pitched tone. But that's, you know, that's how they sing. Also, it's true. How isn't she burning? They should all be scratching. They should all be DJs right now. And if you know Paco, you know he gossips like a bitch. So he's not talking to me, who's he talking to? He sure do run his mouth like a bitch, I laughed. <laughs> Sometimes you don't even want to hear the shit, but he tells you anyway. Next thing you know, you mix into some shit you did not even want to be mixed into. My drunkenness was getting harder to control. Lately, I could never tell when I had too much to drink because alcohol was my everything. How do you know so much about Pac, Tripp said. Girl, please, how many times you tell me Paco talk too much? I paused. I'm just listening to you. Oh, yeah, she paused, still looking at me strangely. I just hope Evan don't learn his father's ways and think it's okay to lie and cheat on your girl, Trip continued. I'm tired of cheating ass niggas, Constance said. If Krayshawn really is cheating on me, I don't know what I'm going to do. Girl, just drop it, Trip said. You said the same thing over and over again. I won't stop it. What if he dumps you for another girl? Wait, I thought it was all about the money, Tripp continued. I mean, that's what you said the other day at school anyway. It is all about the money. Well, kinda. So what are you planning to do, Kami? Ask him? Because you know he's not going to tell the truth if he is cheating, I said. I don't have to ask him, she whispered. Then how are you going to find out, Tripp said. Remember when I told y'all I had to meet up with Brittany? She paused, leaning into us. Well, I paid her to follow him for me. You know somebody bought her a new car. So, I said, anyway, she don't live too far from him. I had her following for me the other day, and she got something for me already. She said when she come back in town, she's going to tell me who he's fucking, but that I'm not going to like it. My heart dropped. If she did follow him on the day that I was with him, then she would have seen me going into the house of Crayshon. When when did she get back in town? In three days. She said it's a friend of mine too. Who y'all think it is? I did the door pause there so y'all could answer even though we all already know the answer. But shit. Like yo. This is
1: crazy.
0: I knew I had to plant the right seeds in her head now. If Brittany told her I was fucking Krayshawn, this could cause problems for me and Jace. The friendship I was prepared to lose. But Jace, I wasn't. Well, I can't stand Britney's ass, I told her. Me and her got into it a while back, and she proved then she could be fake. So if I were you, I wouldn't believe half what that bitch tells me. For all we know, she may be fucking him, too. Two? Tripp repeated. Damn, I'm, I'm talking too much. This alcohol got me all over the place. Yeah, two. Britney already said she caught him cheating, so what's to say Britney not getting up with him, too? I said. Then I turned around to Constance and said, I'm just saying. You got to be smart, Constance. You can't trust bitches. Anyway, why can't she just tell you over the phone? She want her money first. Hmm. I said, be careful. You may be paying her for lies. Tripp said, so did you go to the doctor yet, Connie? Okay, so I know and you know that sometimes uh, the Kindle be putting errors where errors aren't actually at, but then sometimes these authors just need me to be their editor. And so I'm going to ask again, hi, I'm Derek. I am not just a great reader and writer and podcast aficionado and perfect creator.
1: Um, I'm also an editor.
0: And if you allow me to edit your books, you won't have to worry about uh, sentence structure, uh, run on sentences, uh, misspelled words, um, miss commas and Periods and all that sort of things, but you also won't have to worry about things like this Trip said, so did you go to the doctors yet Connie? Trip said bringing us back to the point Call me 916-633-1537 again, that's 916-633-1537 to check on the itching? Maybe it's a yeast infection or something. Bobby Brown's my prerogative blast from the speakers. No, I'm going tomorrow though. I'm scared, y'all. If you fucking some nasty bitch and they gave me something, I'm going the fuck off. Girl, just because you got something don't mean she nasty, I said. <laughs> Both Constance and Tripp looked at me. Why don't it mean she nasty, Tripp asked. If she burning somebody, she a hot-ass mess. Well, that's y'all's opinion, not mine, I stated. I saw the look they gave each other out the corner of my eye. Yeah, it is my opinion, Tripp continued. As she was talking, the burning sensation between my legs got so bad, I needed to cool it off. The only thing that worked for me was a cold wash rag, and since I wasn't at home, I was going to have to use one of Ebony's instead. Hold that thought, I told him. I got to go to the bathroom right quick. Go ahead, Constance said. We're going to see if we can find some smoke. Some more people here now. Okay, well, you find some, don't forget to hold a little something for me. After I left them, I bypassed a few people hanging in the hallways. I couldn't believe she let all these people in her house. Half of them I know she didn't know. When I got to the bottom of the stairwell, I looked around and started walking up the stairs slowly, stumbling a bit. I went to the bathroom upstairs, and once inside, I locked the door. Her bathroom colors were burgundy and cream, and it was real comfortable. I allowed my jeans to fall to my ankles, followed by my panties. When I was done, I sat on the edge of the toilet and opened my legs. She didn't have any toilet paper in the bathroom, so I grabbed a pink washcloth on the rack and wet it with cool water. Then I placed it between my legs and pressed firmly. The coolness stopped the burning sensation right away, and I wanted to stay in here all day. It was settled. There was no way I'd be able to go around like this. I had to go to the STD clinic tomorrow to find out what the fuck I had. And then there was Jace and Callie. Did I burn them too? I guess we'd find out. When I was done, I opened the door and looked down the stairs. I could see shadows, but no one appeared to be coming upstairs. So I ran across the hall and went to Ebony's room. Once inside, I closed the door and locked it behind me. It would be fucked up if she came upstairs and couldn't get into her own room so I was going to have to act fast. She had pictures of Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, and New Edition everywhere, and everything was neat and in its place. Where the fuck are your earrings, I said out loud. When I happened upon a small pink jewelry box, I knew they had to be inside there. Inside the box were her earrings and two other sets. I don't know why I wanted the earrings. I guess hearing that her father gave them to her made me miss mine even more, and I hated her for that. Since I was in her room, I decided to see if she had any cash. So I went through her dressers, found a few quarters, and stuffed those in my pockets. Fuck, I know this girl got something else in here. Maybe she got something under her bed. Everybody keeps shit under their bed. I took another look at the closed bedroom door to make sure nobody was coming. Then I lifted her mattress and found a stuffed envelope. Inside of it was $500 in cash and weed in a small plastic baggie. Fucking liar! She said she didn't have smoke. Since I was up on some weed and some money, I stuffed the earrings in the envelope, and then I placed the shit in my panties and moved to leave. When I was younger, I used to see my mother steal from my father and hide the money in her panties. Until this day, it was my favorite hiding place. I guess if your past was traumatic enough, you're going to remember all of it. But your daddy died when you were like five. So you were like four when you saw your mom stealing from him and putting stuff in her panties? Five? Like, I don't know. Like, I'd have to do some real research and I don't want to because I school's out. But how long you remember stuff that isn't traumatic? Like the traumatic incidences, yes, you'll remember those for a very long time, because that's the way the world works. But just like seeing your mama housing shit out your daddy's wallet. That's not traumatic for you. So how long does that last? There was no way I could stay in the party after this. I had to make an excuse to go home. When I walked up to the door, I put my ear against it. I didn't hear anybody on the other side. But when I opened the bedroom door, I ran in a trip leaving the bathroom. She walked up to me and looked at me suspiciously. What? Were you doing in Ebony's room, she asked. she in there? Girl, I'm not doing nothing. I closed the door and looked down at myself quickly to make sure the buds from the envelope wasn't showing between my legs. Nothing, she repeated. Do Ebony know you was in her room? I was using the phone, okay? It ain't that big of a deal, so drop it. I walked down the stairs and she was on my heels, and I could feel her suspicious eyes burning a hole in the back of my neck. What is wrong with you? I said before we went deeper into the party. I didn't want people to overhear us, just in case she got hot and loud. If you was using the phone, then why are you acting all strange? I'm acting strange because of how you're trying to carry me. I'm just asking you a question, Harmony. Don't act all crazy. Are you my friend or not? Don't be dumb. Answer the question, I said. You know I'm your friend. Okay then. If you think I was doing something else in her room, say it. But don't keep beating around the bush. It's not that deep, she said. Let me go find Constance. Yeah, you do that. After my beef with her, I figured it was time for me to plant a few seeds in Ebony's head. I could tell the trip was going to say something to Ebony, and I wanted to beat her to the punch. Plus, what did she call the cops? So before I left, I found Ebony and pulled her to the side. The edge of the envelope I stuffed in my drawers was scraping against my pussy lips, making them uncomfortable. I had to walk like I was bow-legged to prevent from doing more damage. But I figured I only needed a few minutes with her, and then I'd be out. Pulling her away from a fine-ass nigga, I said, Ebony, I gotta tell you something. I looked around us before I started speaking. I saw a trip from out your bedroom, and she had something in her hand. What? Her eyes wide. What'd she have? I'm not sure, but it looked like an envelope and some earrings. Her eyes grew wide. What in the fuck are you talking about? You heard me, girl, and I think it's fucked up because you let us in your house and then she go pull some shit like this. Then I paused and said, now I was up there too, going to the bathroom, but I want you to look in my purse right now so you can see I ain't got shit, just in case she tries to lie on me. She really looked inside, which means she don't trust me either. Then I flipped open my pocket so she could check those too. A few quarters fell out and I told her she could keep them besides there was hers anyway when she was done I said see I ain't got shit why would she do some shit like that to me she said to nobody in particular I would expect that from anybody but her anybody like me no girl yeah whatever I thought I can't stand fake bitches okay 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 we can all see it so I ain't got to comment on it right it's just right there broad daylight with a spotlight on it I don't know why she did it to you, but I would appreciate it if you wouldn't tell her I told you. You know she's one of my best friends, but right is right and wrong is wrong. Thanks, girl. She said, trying to separate herself from me. I knew she was gonna check her room and then check Tripp's apps so when she found out her shit was missing. I appreciate it. Okay, I gotta go home. I'ma rap to you later. You leaving already? Yeah, girl. I don't feel too good. You are walking kind of funny. I'ma call you later. I moved as quickly as I could with an envelope between my legs. Once to the front door, I could see Ebony approaching Trip from my peripheral vision. Wait, did she already? Wait, when did she go up to her room to check her shit? When did that happen? She didn't run upstairs, and then she was talking to this girl the whole time. So wait, okay. Once to the front door, I could see Ebony approaching Trip from my peripheral vision. Well, actually, it says from of my peripheral vision. I was halfway out the door when I heard Ebony yell, "Trip, I gotta talk to you." I closed the door behind me and hot-tailed home. I ain't wanna be nowhere near the beef when the shit hit the fan. Bitches, stay keeping up, shit. Thank goodness that ain't me. One week later, Rick Boss, Jace. The weather was hotter in California than DC ever could have been when I stepped off Rick's private jet. But the wind provided a nice smooth breeze and ruffled the leaves on the palm trees around the landing. The sky was an ice-cold blue and fluffy white clouds were scattered lightly. Chase, you made it, Rick said, walking up to me, placing a heavy hand on my shoulder. He was wearing cream linen pantsuit. A cream linen pantsuit? With a pair of Louis Vuitton sandals. They didn't say A. I added the A. His head was bald and he covered his eyes with dark shades. Two men were on each side of him and they were conducting heavy surveillance of the area. My father had the same complexion as me, but his eyes were lighter and he was much shorter. I stood at about 6'1", while he only reached a little over 5'4". People said that's one of the reasons he was so ruthless, because he had a short man's complex, but I couldn't be sure. Rick was mixed with Mexican and black while my mother was straight African-American and his Mexican heritage could be detected in his voice. We have everything set up for you back at the house. He told me you should be very comfortable here. It was, I was born in LA, even though my heart screams, Washington DC. I don't understand why the hero was is i read that like three different ways to try and make it work. And bottom line is the hero was just doesn't fit. Like, why is that even on the page? What's up? What's on your mind? He asked. I can't believe I'm from here. I can barely remember shit about it. Trust me when I say it was for your own good. I would not have sent you away for so long if I thought you would be safe here. But from what I'm told, you made quite a life for yourself in D.C. I'm doing all right. Come. We have much to discuss. We walked to a white limousine and a white man opened the door for me and said, Welcome to California, sir. I nodded and stepped inside the limo, looking around inside. Moments later, the bodyguards piled inside with us. He seemed to have a lot of people around him all the time. Two bottles of Moet sat in buckets, and I shared a bottle with my father. It didn't matter that I was only 17 and would be 18 in a month. To him, I was now a man. As I sat in my seat, I thought about everything that had happened and how I was almost responsible for Harmony's murder. Shit wasn't going the way I planned with us, but fuck it. It was what it was. I looked at his bodyguards again and saw that they seemed to be more interested in what was going on outside of the car than they were with what was going on inside. It made me think, at any moment, someone would start firing at us. I mean, nobody, Tony, nobody was like, hey, Jace is in L.A., so y'all ain't got cell phones. They ain't been invented yet like that, so you're not going to be calling them long distance, and you ain't got a number, so... That's where he's at. That's why I ain't returning your calls. Nobody thought to say that. Okay. Don't worry, Jace. You're safe here, Rick said. He must have seen it in my face. I'm not worried, I told him, remembering my ordeal a week ago. We drove for 10 minutes before we pulled up to his new house. I hadn't been there since I had visited briefly the year before. When we pulled up in the driveway, a fence and men in black expensive suits surrounded the large property. All of them were armed and wearing wired earplugs in one ear. When the limo stopped, a young Pakistan man in his early 30s opened the door and Rick got out and followed him. Welcome to California, Jace. We've been waiting for you. I am Ahmed, and I'm here to see that anything you need is taken care of, he told me. Thank you, I nodded, grabbing my bag. As my father spoke to a few of his staff members off to the side, I walked through a large foyer covered in marble and gold. The ceilings had elaborate paintings on them, and everything looked larger in life. Two men followed me, and I got the impression that they were protecting me and not watching me. Even in the house, my life was not safe. I had to find this nigga massive, and I had to find him soon. To my right was a huge dining room, which could seat about 20 people, and to my left was a large entertainment room filled with large screen TVs and a huge stereo system. When I walked upstairs and saw six closed cherry wood doors. What? That's the whole sentence. That's it. When I walked upstairs and saw six closed cherry wood doors. I stared at all of them wondering which one I would be in while I was here. Right this way, sir. Ahmed said, walking up behind me before walking ahead of me to lead the way. I didn't even know he was following us. If I was going to run a successful operation I had to remember to check my surroundings at all times. It didn't matter where I was since it was evident that for as long as Massive was alive he'll be after me. And although the man who kidnapped us was not Massive but one of his flunkies, I knew I could never afford to let them catch me slipping again. When I walked into my room I could tell it was recently designed for me. Everything smelled new and a large TV was on my favorite station.
1: MTV.
0: Please let me know if you'll be needing anything else from me. Ahmed said, walking to the door. I'm here to serve you. I walked deeper into my room and sat on the edge of the bed. It was the first time I'd been alone since I'd been kidnapped. I made a call to Tony Watt to make sure my plans for my operation were in motion. When Tony told me that both Herb Dale and Sixth Sense were missing, I got annoyed. We haven't been able to get a hold of him, man. Something's up. What about Callie? He around, but that's your man, not mine. I deal with him when I have to. Well, deal with him now. If Massive's involved, you need to be careful, and Callie's not afraid of doing what's needed. Do you believe him about the girl thing? Not over the phone, man. I'll rap to you about that later. All right, I know you got a lot to deal with, but call the girl Brittany when you get a chance. I ran into her at Karen's house, and she said she got to talk to you. Said it was important. All right, I said, ending the call. Then I called Britney, a chick I fucked on the side every now and again. As a matter of fact, we had gotten together right before my trip to L.A. I mean, Britney's his girl. And of course, she's going to tell him about Harmony fucking other dudes because she was following Harmony, unbeknownst to Harmony, for trip. Constance wanted them to, I don't know. But so she's gonna tell Jace because she wants to be his number one.
1: Say, I'm your number one, your number one, your number one. I wanna be good to you. Ooh, whoa, whoa. God,
0: the 80s. Y'all don't give black music in the 80s enough respect. Well, y'all probably do because y'all are black, I think. Although I know I got a lot of white listeners. So y'all don't give enough respect to black music in the eighties. Y'all just think it's Michael Jackson and maybe Janet and Stevie. And that's it. Y'all know nothing about the rest of them. If I ask you who loose ends were, white people, who they? Who they is right now? Huh? Huh? Don't don't wiki it. Don't don't do that. Who they is right now? Hmm. For real? I bet you know who Cameo is though. Name five cameo songs,
1: huh? Huh? Huh?
0: Yeah, that's what I thought. Name seven. Uh huh. Name Babyface's little brother's group. Katcha niggas. That might be from the nineties. Jace, I've been trying to reach you. We gotta talk. She said, hyped. What's up? Why you sound all extra? Jace, are you still fucking harmony? I hate it when she asked me that shit, because before we broke up, she knew I was. I need you to tell me right now. Jace, come downstairs. We're having a meeting. Rick called from the intercom within my room, interrupting our call. I gotta go. Jace, wait. I hung up, hit the intercom button, and said, I'm on my way. I don't know what shit she was on, but it was a mistake calling her ass anyway. I was here for business. Not to be rapping to no bitch, really. You called because... Oh, you know what, if that's if that's how they're going to prolong him finding out that Harmony is fucking his men, okay, fine, whatever. When I got downstairs, I saw a few men inside the large dining room. They all stood when they saw me enter, before sitting back down. Gentlemen, this is my son, Jay Sarad, Rick said, clapping his hands. They all clapped before stopping abruptly. Welcome, son, one man said. We've been waiting to meet you officially, said another your father told us a lot about you. Please introduce yourselves, Rick advised everyone. I wondered how he could tell everybody about me when he really didn't even know me. One man stood up. His skin was real light and his nose was so crooked it looked broke. The name's Russ Gamber, he said, pointing to himself. He's muscle, Rick said. He makes sure I'm protected wherever I go before I get there. That's right. And it's because of me you still alive today. Oh, here he go again, sucking his own dick, one man said. The room erupted in laughter. Well, it's true. I don't miss a thing, son. If there's a problem, I smell it from miles away, he continued. Did y'all hear me say that? Did you hear the cadence on that? If not, rewind back. It was probably like 31 minutes rewind back, I can't say if there's a problem without it sounding like Vanilla Ice saying it in Ice Ice Baby, I I really have to slow down and say if there's a problem like that, see, you have to give it some thought, and I bet there's a lot of other folks who used to listen to the music that came on back in the early 90s who can't either and also, hey, just real quick, I know that there's a Q&A thing on Spotify, let me know, let me know if y'all had the box in your city. Like they talking about MTV and that's cool, but they had like the box wasn't the shit. And yo, you had numbers memorized. So the box was like, it was called the jukebox network. And folks would call in and for a certain amount of money, they could put a three digit code into the system and it will play the video that they were looking for. If they weren't, if they didn't put in a code, over time it would just the screen would just show line after line of music that you could listen to um and so you would see three numbers come up like you would see when somebody would call in because the three digits would come up and then the video would come up and it'll be like yes they're about to play this song like um uh dial my heart by the boys dial my heart
1: oh man just dial my heart yeah hey yeah i think about
0: you all the time and then um uh high c um you know the kissing game i like the way like there were so many songs that if you saw the number for me you just get hyped um all the mc hammer stuff but then there would also be uh vanilla ice And Vanilla Ice would start playing. You know, you're a kid. You don't give a fuck. Even now, I don't give a fuck. That song's a really good song, considering. Um, But at the end of each verse, he would say, if there's a problem, yo, I'll solve it. So I can't say if there's a problem like that. So when I read it, it sounds like that. So, Well, it's true. I don't miss a thing, son. If there's a problem, (laughs) I smell it miles away, he continued. Trust me. Around me, your father's beyond safe. Yeah, look at the fucking nose of yours. What else you gonna do with that thing but smell? Another man said. Or fuck a bitch with it. I heard it's bigger than his dick. He doesn't control shit like um, Carter did in the cartel. Not young Carter, but Carter. Carter was really good about that shit. Wouldn't nobody be in, the muscle wouldn't even be in the room. First of all. Let's put it like that. And then wouldn't nobody else at the tail be laughing about the size of his dick? Like, we're here for business, people. Let's get down to business. Man, now I'm really thinking about the jukebox. They also would play, um, I guess, country music. I don't fucking know. I don't remember ever hearing a country song on there. I heard rock songs. You know what rock song I heard on there? Oh, my God. This may take y'all back. So there was this group called Green Jelly. And Green Jelly was like a heavy metal rock group who made a song in the 90s that hit the jukebox. And it was about the Three Little Pigs. And it went so fucking hard. I remember it, I remember loving it initially because of the claymation video that they had for it. Like, it was all claymation. It was art. Horrible claymation, but still claymation. And then... um. They talked about the three little pigs, like trying to like like how the big bad wolf was trying to you know get in their house and all that kind of shit. And it was a really great song. And so I didn't remember the number for that one, but when it came up, I would definitely stop and I think that was the only rock song I ever remember showing up on uh, the box at all. Why don't you sit right back and I, I may tell you a tale. A tale of three little pigs and a big
1: bad wolf.
0: So the big bad wolf went around fucking everybody up and he got to the uh, third piggy's house and he called fucking Rambo. The pig called Rambo to come and shoot up the big bad wolf Uh, moments. I don't know. I don't know. It was it was it was good to me. That was another one. That would come on the jukebox and you would get so hyped. And then they had the remix version come out. Um, I want to say on the juice soundtrack where the woman who was singing, she basically did the whole song. And it was oh, it's such a bop. It is such a bop. <sighs> Someone stood up and said, anyway, son, I'm Sammy Batters. I run distribution. Sammy was shorter than my father and his skin was very dark. Sammy's the man who will have everything set up for you in D.C. He paused. If you need anything for business, you call him first, Rick added. As Sammy sat down, another man stood up. And I'm Leo Lips. Really? Are we giving everybody Italian nicknames? Like, are these not their actual last names? Or does he just have really big ass lips? Anyhow. And I'm Leo Lips. I helped Sammy with Distro in California, and I'm in charge of meeting our Connect. Leo looked Spanish, and judging by the tattoos all over his arms, I could tell he was either involved in gangs in the past or still active. He also had a lot of tattoos of babies over his arms, and I could tell he had a lot of children. Leo also seemed nervous and out of place, and that made me uneasy. He's a snitch. Other than me, Leo's the only one who has direct access to our Connect. We're dealing with some Arabians who found their way into the industry. But we may be moving over to the Russians soon. Right now, the Russians have lower prices, Rick said. Ahmed's about to fuck them over too. So why not drop the Arabians and do what we have to do, I questioned. Rick smiled. Look at my son, thinking outside the box already. How is that thinking outside the box? He literally just said we may be moving over to the Russians soon because the Russians have lower prices. That's like when (laughs) that's like when you're in class and you answer the question and the teacher's like, that's right, whatever. And then he says, or she says, they say, okay, they say, and so the answer to number six is five. And the answer to number seven is six, which means the answer to number eight is 11. Now, 12 comes after 11. So, what do y'all think is the answer to the number whatever I just say? Because I forgot the fucking numbers and don't judge me for that. And the teacher's pet raised their hand and they're like, the number that would have been after this,
1: I think 12. 12. <laughs> That's right, Bobby. It's fucking 12. Look at my student. Look at my student. Oh my God. And you're like, motherfucker, nothing. The only
0: thing that's worse than that is when you make a great catch and nobody notices you doing it. Like there's people around you, but nobody knows you doing it. Or when you um, tell a great joke and nobody laughs, but somebody hears your joke, is says the same joke like five seconds later, and everybody laughs, and it's like you son of a biscuit. Look at my son thinking outside the box already, for real. Get up on this table, son. Look at my son. Look at him. Hey, y'all, sending your wives so then they can have sex with my son. Look at how smart he is. Smarter than all y'all. Leo Lips. Leo Lips. Hey, hey, play that song. Play that song you just played for me a couple days ago. Yeah, the one you wrote. Um. But change the lyrics so then instead of you saying that you adore your wife, make it that you adore my son. Also, Color Me Bad was on the box.
1: I adore.
0: So, I used to write love letters to my girlfriend when I was in middle school. And I couldn't really think of stuff to say. So, I would take uh, the lyrics from... <laughs> Fucking all for one. I swear. I took the lyrics and I wrote them to her like she didn't have the radio too. <laughs> didn't work out. We broke up. Um, Let's just say for now I'm doing what's best for our operations. Sometimes rocking the boat unnecessarily can cause more problems than it's worth. You should run your operation the same way, he said, leveling a serious look at me. I'm Chin Chu. I'm one of Rick's lawyers. Chin was Chinese and had a serious glare on his face. Even when he laughed earlier, his face expression remained the same. Facial. Facial. And I'm Terrence Strong. You met me a long time ago. I'm your father's other attorney. Wait, 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 wait. Wasn't that... Wasn't that Harmony's dad's lawyer? Who fucked her out of all his money and left her with like $5,000? When he could have saved her from a life of just hell? Future would have been completely different for both of them, uh, Jace and Harmony, had that lawyer done what was right. Yeah. I'm Taryn Strong. You met me before a long time ago. I'm your father's other attorney. Oh, that's right. You handled Cornell's daughter's estate. What did he leave her before he died? A million? Terrace looked at me and I knew then that she didn't get anywhere near that amount of money yeah about that you still talk to her anymore Jace? Rick asked me not since that shit with Massive's people kidnapping us I told him that's right Massive well that brings us to business at hand Rick said preparing to take a seat so let's get right to it we have a lot to discuss Massive is planning something now and I don't know what you may be right. Two members of my crew have gone unaccounted for, and we can't get in contact with them. I paused. The only thing is, I figured he'd leave D.C. after the failed kidnapping attempt. Why would you go after people from your crew? He don't know them. He just touched down. Unless he's got somebody on the inside snitching. He'll do whatever he can to get at you, so it's quite possible. Okay, these are the issues at hand. The D.C. market is growing rapidly. Crack is a drug of choice now, and we're in every position to provide the choice. The problem is, Massive won't allow us to move smoothly. We've already lost five good men at his hands, and although we've taken out his entire crew, that doesn't make him more vulnerable. It makes him invincible. Why? I asked. Because unlike me, son, he doesn't have anything else to lose. And if he hurts you, I don't know what I'm going to do. He took a deep breath and said, So I don't intend on letting him catch you. Nigga, you act like you didn't cause this by killing his daughter on her graduation day as she walked the stage. I don't know why this nigga keeps chasing us. He must think he's invincible now because he doesn't have anything left to lose. Uh, thanks to me, you know, but I don't know why he will still be mad about that. Just what? The men moved around in their seats because Rick's show of emotion made them uncomfortable. Tony Wap is staying in D.C. to help you get things off the ground. I've taught him everything I know, Jace. When you're really ready to stand on your own, he'll release you to run things. Now, the reason why I asked these men here today is because over the next few months, before you go back to D.C., they'll give you a few skills necessary to be the best in the drug game. But with my guidance, you'll be even better than me. I appreciate the opportunity, Rick. I know you do, son. But there's one thing you have to do before we get started. Everyone shuffled in their seats again, and I knew something serious was coming my way. What's that? Russ, bring her out. Russ went to another room, off of the dining room we were in. Then he wheeled a Spanish lady into the living room in an office chair. Her hair was matted to the sides of her face, and her makeup was smeared all over her eyes. Who is she? I asked, standing up straight. Your first kill. what she do? I-, I mean, why should we kill her? The men in the room looked at one another. And I could tell I made a comment they weren't comfortable with. I guess questioning Rick, no matter how unreasonable, was out of the question. Rick walked around the table and up to me. Then he placed his hand firmly on my shoulder. Jace, I know I haven't spent that much time with you. Because if I had, you would know better than to question my authority. I felt the seriousness in his voice. So I'll answer you once, and from here on out, you are never to question me again. You got it? Yes. Yes. Good. The woman before you was a nobody, just some girl who sold her body to me for some money. Now, after meeting you, he smiled, her life will have purpose and meaning. And why is that? I asked, staring at the woman who was pleading at me with her eyes. She will be the reason I know that no matter what, you'll be willing to do what's necessary for our operation. She'll be the reason our bond will be strengthened. And she'll be the reason that more than anything, you will know that you're ready. I heard about the situation in DC, Jace, you know, with Bam and the kid, by the way, they said he paused like four times in that paragraph. Every single time he stopped, he paused, he paused, he paused, he paused. He paused. Men all pause. I was trying to make a menopause, but men all pause. No, it doesn't even work anymore. So I, I missed the opportunity. I swallowed hard. You know your men will never respect you if you're not willing to go the extra mile. I thought bosses didn't have to get their hands dirty. I thought all I had to do was give the right orders and watch the money roll in. All chiefs have at one time or another been soldiers. You're no different, he said seriously. Jace, your enemy will come to you in all nationalities, both female and male, some young, some old. And you have to be ready to make the hard decisions when the right times come. One of those right times is right now right now hey not tomorrow that's the other rock song I remember oh and then the country song I remember is I only want to be with you yeah or was that from MTV no Hootie and the Blowfish was definitely from the box yep yep I remember that I looked at my father and then at the men around the room he was right and I knew it where's the gun He smiled and said, a gun is so impersonal. Here's a knife. He placed it in my hand. Now kill her like you mean it. (laughs) Kill her like you mean it. How, how, what? What? I'm going to kill her reluctantly, but I'm going to do it with a smile on my face so that my father thinks I mean it. Like, what does kill her like you mean it even mean? Like how do you what? Kill her like you mean it. What do you do? You stab her and you say you like
1: that, huh? Huh? You like that woman? I'm stabbing you.
0: I'm stabbing you. Stab, stab, stab. Look at me. I'm doing it. Stab, stab, stab. I'm about to stab you in your ear. Stab right in the ear hole. Boop. Like right there.
1: Ah! Stab, 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 stab. stab.
0: I'm gonna take a break for a second. <sighs> He paused.
1: Stab, 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 stab.
0: Won't be no hateration, holleration in the stabbery. Like, stab, 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 stab. What? what? Hey, grab me a sharp pencil. Put this knife down for a second. Stab, stab, stab. Lead poison. Give me the pencil back. Give me the pencil. Write down every place I stabbed her. In the neck, in the armpit. I stabbed her once in the big toe. Wait, wait. Stab, stab, stab. Nostril. Is that how you stab somebody like you really mean it? How do you not mean murder? How do you not mean to take a life? I don't know. I don't know. It's a family affair, I guess. In the stabbery. Local news. Constance. Constance sat glued to the TV while watching the local news. The news was airing a story about a brash outbreak of syphilis within the D.C. area amongst people under the age of 21. In less than two weeks, over 20 people in the southeast D.C. area had gone to a free clinic for testing, only to find out they had been infected. Although those are the people who had gone to the clinic, there are many more who didn't exhibit any signs and were unaware of how bad things had gotten for them, too. The trouble was, the longer the disease stayed in their blood system without treatment, the worse things became. Before long, it will be untreatable and may even lead to death. Constance thought about the news she had been recently given from the doctor that she too had contracted syphilis. Despite it all what hurt worse was that Brittany had told her that her best friend had been sleeping with her boyfriend. She wondered could it be true and decided to talk to Tripp first. Meanwhile on the other side of DC at Ebony's house in Northwest she was crying after learning that after doing her best to maintain a safe sex relationship that she had also contracted syphilis. She didn't know that Harmony had set her disease written ass on the edge of her toilet seat, which was oozing vaginal secretions filled with the virus. And had she not followed behind her and sat on the edge of the seat by mistake too, that she would not have contracted the disease. Is that how it works? See, that's the kind of shit that I don't want to look up on my phone because then you got a history that your wife might see on accident and then these questions are going to start coming around and then I got to explain that it's all part of this book. And if she's listening to the show right now, then she knows why I'm doing this. But still, like, I don't want to type into Google, uh, can you get syphilis from sitting on the toilet after somebody with syphilis sat on the toilet and vaginal secretions came out of their vagina, obviously, because that sounds really, really, really precise. Um... Yeah, but I got to know, right? I need to know. Y'all thought I was done. I need to know. You know what? Funny story. Favorite three songs for karaoke. If y'all have three favorite songs for karaoke, just let me know what those are, too. But three favorite songs for karaoke. One is Return of the Mac by Mark Morrison. Always. Always. Never Fails. Second song that never fails, The Humpty Dance, which was also on the box, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. mm Mm-hmm. Third song, Smooth, by uh, Santana and Carlos Santana and um, Rob Thomas, I think his name was. Yeah, those songs are great. All right, I'm, I'm stalling. Let me check. So the question I asked was, can you contract syphilis by sitting on the toilet after somebody who has syphilis has sat on the toilet? And STD facts. From the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, which is www.cdc.gov, says, quite simply, sometimes sores occur in places that are not covered by a condom. It is still possible to get syphilis from contact with these sores. However, you cannot get syphilis through casual contact with objects such as toilet seats. Do we really want to check about vaginal secretions? Do I really want that in my history? Look, my porn searches are going to be weird for a long time after this. <sighs> we recommend this. No the fuck you don't. Health experts consider transmitting a sexually transmitted disease via a toilet seat impossible. Okay. Okay. And that's from medicalnewstoday.com. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. How could she know that she would get it that way? Instead, she immediately blamed her friend. But Constance and Ebony were just two cases of those infected by Harmony's raunchy, irresponsible wrath. Many others would be finding out that they were also infected. Although not everyone would ever discover that she was involved, many more would find out in the months to come. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, she's right, though. If you catch an STD, that does not make you nasty. It doesn't. And that's come from somebody who, as far as I know, I've never fucking had one. I mean, I got tested and I never got anything like that. So great. But it's like we ascribe nastiness. To things that are out of people's control, like yes, you can use a condom and, and not get a sexually transmitted disease, but if you do use, if you don't use a condom and you get a sexually transmitted disease, that doesn't make you nasty, like honestly, that's like saying if you got roaches, that makes you nasty, no, that just means that there's roaches outside and they get inside, you know, like we have ascribed roaches To a nasty household. But ants get a free fucking pass. And flies get a free fucking pass. None of them make it nasty. Bugs are bugs. And they are not smart enough to say, you know what? I'm going to go make this person look nasty. I'm going to do that real quick. You know what's nasty? Niggas not washing their legs. That's what's nasty. Not niggas. Sorry, white people. It's it's you. It's you. It's not us. It's a you thing. That's nasty. But everything else? Nah. Nah. I'm not going to ascribe that to people. People were like, people with COVID, ew, they're nasty. No, they're they're ill and they will recover and they don't need you to transcribe or, or, or place that sort of statement upon them because it's not fair. Stop doing that. Stop calling people nasty or irresponsible because they get sick or they get an STD. Now, if they go around and they willingly give it to other people like Harmony's doing, that part's fucked up. But her getting the STD in the first place is not nasty. That's it. I'm done. I'm stepping down off my high horse. 916-633-1537. Wretched and ratchet at gmail.com. Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Ratchet Book Club on Facebook. You can leave a review on Spotify. It takes like 13 seconds. You can also leave a review on uh, Podchaser. Copy and paste that in the Apple Podcasts. And then copy and paste that into the Good Pods app. You can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast. One dollar will get you a ton of content. Uh, You can also donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast or on the Good Pods app. You can leave a tip in the tip jar. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'ma hoot you later. Peace.